0: Welcome to Champions and Challengers, discussions on the legal edge of fintech with Greg Lestini and others from Bricker & Eckler, a leading Midwest law firm with offices throughout Ohio and clients across the country, where we feature CEOs, founders, legal advisors, and industry professionals exploring business, technology, regulatory trends, and legal developments that are reshaping the financial services industry. Welcome to Champions and Challengers, a fintech legal review. I'm Greg Listini, an attorney practicing in the government relations space, and I lead our financial services and insurance industry groups here at Bricker and Eckler. Um, today, we are pleased to be joined by Josh Shuck. Josh is the president of Straightline Global, which offers residential and commercial claim services to insurance character insur- insurance carriers. Excuse me, third-party administrators, self-insured entities, and government organizations. Nationwide, welcome, Josh. It's uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on. I know we met recently at a uh, at a conference, and and I think hit it off. And I was intrigued by your business, and so it's great to have you as a guest and and talk to you a little bit today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Greg. It's a pleasure to be here today. Happy to join
0: you. Yeah, thanks. Well, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about Straight Line Global, um, your you know your role there, and sort of how you how you get into the business. Sure.
1: Yeah. So. Uh... Straightline Global is uh, a, a claim solution company is how we position ourselves. So primarily, we focus on claims adjudication, claims handling, TPA services. So sort of that final tail end of the claims experience. So we handle claims for uh, companies uh, nationwide uh, with a focus on residential, but we're expanding into some commercial losses, uh, general liability, uh, uh, premises liability, uh, and, uh, you know, more complex related uh, segregation claims as well. Uh, I serve as the founder and president of the company. Uh, we started in January 1st of 2015. Uh, and, and really our purpose was to continue to push how claims are being handled. We wanted to do a little bit faster, uh, a little bit more efficient, uh, a little bit more scalable, uh, lean when we needed to, but robust when we needed to as well. And so my role as the uh, as the president is really, you know, to set the vision for the company, to set our priorities, uh, to investigate and pursue technologies, uh, make sure our processes are tight and scalable, and really tell our story uh, to our clients, our partners, our vendors, and to uh, to grow the business. That's great. You know, I, I, a lot of my practice I spend on,
0: I would call sort of the front end of the insurance world doing Regulatory work, uh, corporate setup, you know, for companies, I don't play a lot in the claim space. Some of our litigators sure. do, but that's not uh, my area. How, how did you, you know, did you grow up sort of doing claims at other companies or what, you know, what, what's your background as far as that claims
1: world goes? Yeah. So I think, uh, it's probably the common answer. Like many, I sort of fell into the business. <laughs> um, you know, my and first intention coming out of college was, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Uh, I loved that curiosity, the investigation. I loved, you know, working with people and solving problems. And that's what I thought attorneys did. Uh, So I really wanted to go uh, and be a lawyer. Um, The way it happened, I, uh, before committing to law school and to that long journey, I reached out to a family friend that I knew complained about lawyers. So I knew he knew some and uh, basically just said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm considering going into law school. Uh, what do you think? And before I go, maybe you could ref- recommend uh, a firm to do an you know, apprenticeship or uh, work in the mailroom or just be in that space for a little while to make sure that's the career I wanted to commit to. He says, I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. I can certainly give you a referral if that'd be helpful for you. But what if I gave you a job instead and I'll train you to be a multi-line adjuster and you learn law, at least you're exposed to law from the defense side, from the other side. Uh, right. The way that an insurance carrier would kind of approach the law and then, you know, give me two years uh, working for me. I'll I'll train you, expose you to some things. And then you go to law school. You offer me uh, twenty four thousand dollars a year in a company car. I said, that's an offer I can't refuse. So that's how I, <laughs> Living that's how high I at I that stage out. in your life. Right. Yeah. It, it was it was the richest I've ever I've ever been still to this day. Uh, I thought I had it made. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, I started, I started, uh, handling claims as a multi-line adjuster in central Florida, uh, and really, really learned and fell in love with the industry. And, uh, I served that company for nearly 14 years before going out on my own and starting straight line global. That's, that's really interesting. That's great. And so then, you know,
0: I guess following on that storyline, you're, you, you found Straightline global. It is a, I would, you know. Venture to say a tech-forward company. Can you tell us about sort of the technology and innovation that that you all use in in your claims work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So you know, we established Straightline right in the beginning with uh, with with five tenants that are uh, remain to be highest priority for us. Uh, that was a nationwide scope, a client-specific training, diligent supervision the use of the right data. And then the fifth piece is industry leading technology. Uh, And we find, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about technology. There's uh, a lot of folks that um, consume it in various ways. They talk about it, um, but there's not many companies that actually build it uh, that are not software specific companies. We're a claim solution company, um, but we're often mistaken as a software company because of the, some of the things that we've done. you know as an as a vendor to insurance carriers there's sort of three uh, buying behaviors that we think about you know one if if we need a solution we can buy it right so the solution exists i can't create a better g uh, you know service for email than than google does so let's use their software for email i can't really improve on that then um, as a vendor we also have some partner relationships with our carriers so you know, we have to consume the technology that that, that they utilize. So we have mm-hmm. to uh, play alongside of them and the technology uh, that they use. And then this third small bucket, we have some autonomy uh, autonomy to build things. And it's in that space where we really focus on um, on building some tools. Uh, there's a couple things that we've built that I think are unique. Uh, the first one I wanted to uh, tackle was how do we better utilize this mobile technology? So, again, this is seven years ago. Certainly people had cell phones, but the use is not quite as widespread and as broad as they are right now. Uh, And I wanted to start utilizing these uh, cell phones. And and the things that I thought we were missing is video capability. Uh, There were some tools out there that allowed you to record video. Uh, The quality was really, really good. Um, But it it was so good where you really couldn't do anything with it. So we needed a solution that allowed us to take good quality videos. You know, I don't need 4K ultra HD videos. I need to be able to have them well organized. So I don't want them to be commingled with your, your personal uh, videos and personal photographs. I want them to be organized in a separate one house, one video, uh, a clear delineation from one to the next. And then third, and most importantly, we've got to be able to share it. Uh, so we kind of looked at the marketplace, we looked around. I know there's some tools that have come up a little bit recently that solve a few of those problems, uh, but not the way that ours does. So we went out some to some developers and we created a straight line global video app. Uh, so that allows our adjusters to take videos of the lost location. Those videos can be up to a minute long. You can have several videos within a claim packet. The videos are sent off then to a server uh, in Charlotte, that converts that into a packet uh, it, and it sends the user back a randomized 25 character alphanumeric uh, URL. And so what happens from there is the adjuster can click on a link to view the video. They can share that with the client immediately. Uh, they can seek help if they need it, if there's an opportunity for board up or um, a subrogation opportunity, if engineering is needed, uh, additional living expenses, uh, control on the reserve and valuation. All of those things can be found with the video before the adjuster even leaves the loss location. So we're giving an entirely new uh, a level of service when it comes to notifying our carrier clients of the, 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 the cause, the reserve, and any need for immediate next steps um, better than anyone in the marketplace. And, and again, it meets that standard of being agnostic as far as the software. It's a URL. So it can go into a claim system, it can go into an email, it can even go from a text message and you can consume that video regardless of what service you're on, what claims management system you use, or any other technology.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating.
1: Let me, so you know, this
0: is a legal podcast, right? And I'm immediately thinking about all the all the reasons and ways that what you just described are important um, on the back end when you have a claims dispute. And, you know, what what's been your interaction with your carrier clients? as to how important your technology is when they're saying, well, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't match our criteria for, um, you know, for payment of a claim. And then that gets challenged and and sort of the the lawyers take over at that point.
1: Yeah, there's two things that we've seen um, have been the biggest impact. The first is that uh, rush to make a quick decision. You know, we know in the claim space, time is not our friend. Uh, You know, our ability to move quickly on a problem uh, can anticipate litigation, can can go far to solve a problem, get the experts out there quickly, and we believe that sort of rush to a, an ability to make a decisive action on the front side, consistently over and over again, gives our clients an advantage because they've got information soon. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 other thing that we've seen on the back side is uh, is an ability to capture things that are not sort of known to be a problem. Uh, so, for example, when you're taking a picture. The photographer has to identify the subject right so you would identify a a stain on a ceiling you would identify uh, some damage to the floor and capture that photograph you know sometimes up very close and sometimes far away but it's more difficult to get that in perspective of where does it fit in the room and what other what else is damaged or maybe is not damaged in that room so we've had other instances where you know a, a supplement will come up many months later and say well you know, there was a TV right there that was damaged or that actual carpet extended further. We already tore it out, but I promise you it did. And we go back and say a video, although the subject of our photograph was maybe a baseboard, I have video every square inch of that room. Uh, So we often joke, you know, a a picture tells a thousand words, Uh, a video is a thousand pictures. And so we're just creating an environment where you know, when in doubt, you can review this video. You may not know that it's going to be needed, and sometimes it's not needed at all. But when you need additional information, it's nice to know that you got it. Yeah, that's great. Um, I want to ask you a couple like more general
0: questions about the industry. But before we get off of straight line and what you all do, um, mentioned earlier that we met at a conference. It was a reinsurance uh, focused conference. Can you talk a little bit about sort of how how your uh, company and products fit in? With the reinsurance market and why that uh, space is important for you
1: yeah sure so we do sit on that tail end you know that claims adjudication and settlement uh, but that's also where a lot of things can uh, uh can can go awry you know if we get it right we're fast where indemnity is right-sized and our costs are manageable uh, but when those things go wrong it really can blow up and obviously that affects reinsurance so our ability to scale up and provide uh, field adjusters and desk adjusters at a reasonable cost in the middle of a storm is important. It's important to, you know, the loss adjust expense uh, and, and accurate indemnity and anticipating litigation, all, all of those things drive the actual cost of the claim and directly yeah. in, and affect reinsurance. You know, we're all, we're all trying to do our best to satisfy an insured appropriately in line with the policy for the most reasonable cost that we can uh, so, yeah, we're, we're certainly a part of that. As I kind of grow into my uh, familiarity with the, the business of insurance as a whole, I, I see it more and more true that what we do in the field, handling one claim and one roof inspection, has a direct uh, correlation to the carrier, their reinsurance, and really, uh, you know, I don't want to exaggerate, but that one roof has an impact on the entire insurance market in the state. And we take That's it that right. seriously. Yeah, that's right, and that that really uh,
0: that's the beginning of the string that you pull on in in, in the industry, right? Um, so so let let's talk about that a little bit. What sort of trends are you seeing in the insurance space? Either you know, sort of, I guess, up close and personal with the claims process, but then also as you're dealing with your uh, your customers, those carriers. Uh, w- what trends are you seeing that that are important or uh, kind of uh, even just really exciting to to think about in this space.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that is often, um, you know, just not really taken to to full uh, appreciation is how uh, much movement there is in our industry. You know, there's constantly just thinking about businesses that are coming or going. You know, again, I'm 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 sitting in Florida. I I grew up here, and my heart is in Florida. We we handle claims across the country, but. You know, we keep a, a close pulse on what's happening here in Florida. And, and insurance in Florida is dynamic. You know, there's companies yeah. that are leaving this space because, you know, it's it's difficult to do business here. And at the same time, there's new companies that are coming in with new technology and new processes, new ways of doing things that I think are really exciting. Um, you know, there's a, a race to technology. You know, we think about in an underwriting and, and even making payments uh, you know, moving your vendors from one place to another, you know, there's a race towards technology and utilizing the, the right technology that's going to solve a the problem. Uh, there's a, there's a, you know, a need to consume a want to consume, um, but also, you know, we're a risk averse industry. So there's right. a little bit of, you know, thinking through, is this the right time to buy? Is the right time to change our model? You know, should we move on this new technology or wait and see if it's going to, um, if, if it's going to pan out? But overarching, um, we are not that much different from the rest of the the consuming market in that both insurance carriers and insured policyholders want choice. You know, the the companies that come in and say, we're going to do everything virtual, end up putting up a a shop. You know, folks say that we're going to really focus on face-to-face hand-holding claims resolution, end up having a virtual program if they're going to succeed. So I think we're seeing what's kind of typical in the market, uh, you know, across all industries is that choice prevails, and those companies that are able to be flexible and malleable, offer multiple solutions, well, uh, understand their client market, and and know how to serve them in a way that makes sense. I think that's what we're seeing a lot of is is consumer choice in a way that is unique and fun to be a part of.
0: Yeah, that that's that's really well said. Um, I'm going to go off script here for a minute. You you talk about sort of the the change in the insurance marketplace one thing that we've seen a lot especially on the front end where companies are coming into a state or they're you know uh, becoming licensed is uh, the influx of private equity and so i wonder mm-hmm. if you know in the companies you're dealing with if there's been any um, sort of private equity owned companies and i guess i would you know venture to say that they would be more interested in technology and more sort of tuned in to how technology can be beneficial. Um, but I'm just curious if, you, if you've seen any of that and you get a sense of how certain carriers react to technology, whether they're you know, more apt to, to adopt it and and want to invest in it or sort of more questioning you know what value a company like Straight Line would, would bring to their claims
1: process. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. I, I think that the value again of private equity and where they're willing to spend and invest is also something that's so interesting to me, and I didn't realize until late really how how valuable that is, you know. Um, and and because there's been a consolidation in both service providers and carriers, there's private equity money that can almost appoint a certain technology that they are maybe uh, invested in or partnered with, and say, you know, I'm a, I'm a part of these four carriers. This one firm and this one technology, and we're going to try to work synergy there. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that works out great. Sometimes that's a huge benefit. You get a, you know, you get a value add there. You can pump some energy into a good product and get immediate buy-in. And I think sometimes it's a distraction. You know, sometimes there's such a, a high priority on utilizing something new that it doesn't necessarily solve your problem. You know, not all all tech is not good tech. And uh, uh, so I think that there is there needs to be a constant. Um, debate between the business, uh, the money, the technology to make sure that the tools that are implemented are actually doing the right thing to, to further the cause of of the the entities. Uh, yeah. So I think it's a huge opportunity uh, for private equity to do great things. But uh, you know, there's an occasion where that can be a distraction. Yeah, yeah, especially as the market starts to tighten up. You know, I've seen a lot of.
0: Reporting on private equity pulling back on investments of those types, right? So, mm-hmm. the the companies that are out there are probably going to have to to be better and and uh, you know show more return if they're going to survive. And part of the you know part of the point with the podcast and, and calling it champions and challengers is the insurance industry is really uh, I think fascinating to see both these legacy companies that have been around for you know more than hundred years and then these startups that have a, a bold new idea about how to do things. And it's been interesting to watch that kind of um, uh, filter out so that you know certain companies just don't make it, right? And certain ventures mm-hmm. that incumbent carriers invest in don't really pan out, I think, the way that they thought it would. And then when it hits well, it's really, uh, it's really fascinating to watch because it really uh, takes both that startup that might be invested in by an incumbent carrier and the carrier kind of a next level and you start to see that separation in the marketplace
1: yeah i mean it is technology and the use of right the right data and the right tools that allows a small company like ours uh, an ability uh, to compete toe-to-toe with international firms that have been in business for over 100 years and we do that because we lean on the right tools we adopt the right technologies we don't get distracted by things that are not going to improve uh, what's important to us, and we put our team uh, uh, up against anyone. You know that that the mobile app that I told you about earlier, we hold a patent on that technology. So uh, although we're a small company that's that's growing nationwide, you know we have tools that, by virtue of the patent, I know no one else has, and we provide that as a, a value add to our carrier partners. And it's something that that it is unique. You know the way that we do our reports is is driven on technology we have a a web-based report writer tool that allows our adjusters across the country to seamlessly join on to a a client's program and generate a report that perfectly lines up with their uh, service requirements and we do that um, we can do that with adjusters anywhere in the country and we scale up to hundreds of adjusters at a time in a cat uh, solution the way that we deploy uh, we use a technology that we developed called iris that's our uh, resource management tool. So, you know, we can deploy through text message, hundreds of adjusters across the country uh, to move to a location and and go and deploy in a CAT environment. Or maybe it's even, hey, I know you're gonna be in this town tomorrow. Can you handle this claim while you're there to cut down on mileage? So, you know, technology integrates with everything that we do. Uh, And and I am shocked when I look at some of the operations of, of some of the legacy and older firms that are doing things in a manual environment. And uh, I'm proud to know uh, that with uh, some tools, some technology, some creativity, some innovation, uh, a company like Straight Line can go go head to head with any of them.
0: Yeah. And, and so you said, I think you started the company in 2015, right? Yep. So, yeah. So, um, and, and you might have answered this in, in some form already, but from 2015, and then your experience prior to that, are, you know, have there been one or two things in the industry that you've seen that have really made it possible for you guys to have that kind of uh, nationwide reach, and and you know, know that any carrier, uh, regardless of their size, is going you you're, you're going to get a fair shot with them, right? To do to do this work.
1: Yeah, so you know, there's a, there's several things that I think are are sort of most important to us, but. You know, I think the thing that um, that sets us apart is that the folks in leadership here are claims folks, you know, we're, we're, we're operational leaders, you know, we're, we're tech forward, you know, but, but at the end of the day, we are claims folks, you know, we've been in claims, I've been in the field under houses on roofs, you know, um, so I know what the experience is like in the field, I came up through operational management and leadership. I've seen things change. You know, when I first started, you know, we were, we were putting 35 millimeter photographs in the postal mail to get to our client, you know, four days later, a 20 day first report was acceptable. And now I'm cutting down to a four and a half day first report or my adjusters are getting uh, notices from us. So, you know, the, um, the, the um, ability to move information faster than we ever have, ability to communicate with adjusters faster than we ever have pulling in uh, videos and pulling in other tools and resources is easier now than it's, it's ever been. So, you know, our ability to succeed sits on delivering a relatively simple product. It's, it's an opinion and it's an assessment that's delivered through uh, a digital uh, interface. So email or a, a claim solution. The product that we deliver is relatively consistent from one firm to another but the way that we get it there is unique. The way that we train our team, the way that we implement processes, the way that we use, utilize technology. You may look at a report that looks relatively similar, but we got it to you two days faster with an adjuster that was trained better, with a product that was uh, done more consistently and that can scale across the country. And it's just yeah. little things like that and understanding where the value is that's been so vital to our success.
0: Um, like you said, you get that part right up front. It makes the entire process different and and better, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But that's a great lead to my last question. You know, what's next for Straight Line and for you and your and your mighty uh,
1: mighty team there? Sure, it's it's really focused on uh, you know its growth, so both geographically. Uh, and service wise. So, again, I said we're currently active in 35 states across the country, but we recruit in all 50. So we're looking for opportunities to extend our reach across the country, uh, maybe even beyond our border, if that makes sense. Uh, we're extending our service offering. So we've got a subrogation unit. that's really interesting. That's doing some neat stuff that we're really looking to grow that, to develop that with some specialty lines that we're doing. Um, our commercial team continues to grow. Uh, I am always on the hunt for new technologies and new tools to use. Um, we have a TPA service that I think um, really could grow. I think we're doing neat stuff in that in that segment. Uh, and then my job is just to continue to tell our story, to continue to get out there, uh, be a champion for the company, a champion for the great folks that work here and connect our carrier clients with the best solutions that we can. So I wanna be better, I wanna be faster, I wanna be larger, I uh, wanna continue to do what we're doing. Uh, uh, for uh, as long as we can. I love the that's business great. and I love the people that work in it.
0: Yeah, that's great. I can't wait to have
1: you on again, you know,
0: and see what you're doing at that at that stage. It's all it's all very- exciting. Yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah. I look forward to that. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us today, Josh. We really appreciate your time and insights, particularly from, uh, you know, this sort of claims perspective. And that's, that's all for today's episode. Uh, thanks to our audience for listening. And we hope you join us again next time. Thanks again, Josh. Thanks, Greg. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Champions and Challengers, produced by Bricker and Eckler. Join Greg Listini and other Bricker attorneys for our next podcast covering the latest fintech related legal topics. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not reflect the views of Bricker and Eckler. None of the content included in this podcast is intended to be legal advice and does not create or imply an attorney-client relationship.